0: How do you know if you should marry someone or if you should stay married to someone? Find out right now on Life is Great podcast. Welcome. I'm Yitzwain. I'm the Rabbi of Young Israel, Asia of Las Vegas. And we're going to go through the questions that every person should ask themselves before they get engaged. And if you are married, then it is super important you know these questions because whether you're married a year, 10 years, or 40 years, asking these questions can help you determine what direction your relationship should go in, what you need to work on, or maybe you're in the wrong place. So here it is. Let's get straight to it. Now, the idea of asking these questions uh, came to me many years ago when I came across an article written by Dennis Prager, and I based some of these questions on his questions not all the questions are his questions and but i i incorporated some of his thoughts and this happened many many years ago and it's as the years have gone on it's kind of evolved because i've had decades of experience as a community rabbi and through radio counseling and just personal experience public and private discussions about marriage and now i'm ready to share with you all the great questions and in judaism we say that knowing the right question is more valuable than even half an answer, (laughs) right? The right question opens your mind up to incredible, an incredible sphere of wisdom. So if you ask, if these questions are asked and answered honestly, then they will help determine your decision. Your chances of entering a happy marriage or avoiding an unhappy one are dramatically increased. So There are going to be 12 questions plus one. I'm starting with the plus one, because the plus one question is the most important and all-encompassing question. It is the question that uh, was the answer to me before I got married. I went to my rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg of Blessed Memory, and I said, what is the most important thing I should look for in a spouse? And he said to me the following, and I hope you're sitting down for this because it sounds so simple, but the depths are so incredible, incredibly profound. He said, do you want this woman to be the mother of your children? That's it. So I'm going to say the most important and all-encompassing question is, do you want this person to be the father or the mother of your children? Now, even if you're not planning or able to start a family, this question holds tremendous value. It focuses your mind on what are the most important characteristics you want in a life partner. See, often when we're only talking about ourselves, we're able or willing (laughs) to settle for way less. It could be that we're having a great time with the other person, that they have something that's very attractive to us. You know, maybe they're a prominent person. They have great looks. Um, And these things seduce us to be too willing to overlook a serious flaw. However, when our children are involved, we become much more discerning. All of a sudden, a great sense of humor is less important than a controlled temperament. Even if the person is a 10 when it comes to looks, they're a knockout. Once our children are involved, the characteristics of responsibility, dependability, and loyalty, they take on new meaning. I cannot share with you the number of discussions I've had with people. And I turned to her and I say, tell me, you know, why'd you break up? Why did you decide to get divorced? And she would say something like, you know, he picked up a cup, a coffee mug, and threw it across the room. And all I could think about was like, what if that mug hit one of my children in the head? Now, <laughs> do you really think that's the, that was the first time the guy blew his cool? Right, is it the first time he like broke something? Obviously not. But what happened was at the beginning, when she was dating, He was really good looking. He was handy around the house. You know, he exhibited kind of strengths of personality that other men didn't. And she was willing to overlook, you know, the fact that once in a while he'd fly off the handle. They get married, they have a few kids, and all of a sudden now that she's a little less uh, enchanted by his good looks, you know, maybe his belly now is hanging over his belt, belt buckle. Maybe, you know, maybe he's he yeah is he handy yes but maybe now he's tired from working outside the house all the time, so uh, when he when he blows his cool, so it's not so, you know it's not it's not she's not so willing to overlook it anymore. You know the Talmud explains you know it gives a, a series of you know uh, unfortunate events that happen to an individual. You know they're, they're they're traveling into the forest and you know they they get bit by a by a bug. And they'd say, oh, the bug bite is terrible. My, my arms swollen." And they get bit by a by a, by a wolf. And all they can talk about is the wolf. They get bit by a snake. And they go, oh, I got bit by a snake. And they get like, you know, mauled by a bear. And all they talk about is the bear. You only talk about the last thing that happened. It's not the last thing that happened. See, I think it's so important you ask this question of do I want this person to be the father or the mother of my children? it's so all-encompassing. It really forces you to say what's most important in the relationship. And again, even if you're not going to have children or you're not able to have children, you stop and it, it, rather than being focused on a good sense of humor or good looks, again, you you really get down to the, to the, the nitty gritty of what would be important to you, of the issue of loyalty, of the issue of dependability, of responsibility. You get down to the issue of like, you know, what, what do I, what kind of man do I want to be the role model for my For my son Um, what kind of woman do I want to to raise my daughter and when you when you look at that uh, all of a sudden you know yeah maybe the language a person uses is quite concerning to you Um, but it's only because you're bringing children into the into the into the equation if children are not in the equation then you say okay listen I can I can handle this other stuff but as many people will tell you even though if you don't have children, eventually the enchantment of all the wonderful things they have, it does fade after a little bit. And and then you get down to the nitty gritty. And that's why it's so important to to put your mindset into that. So the, the bonus question is, do you want this person to be the father or mother of your children? Okay. Don't be quick to say yes. Don't be quick to say no. Just kind of think about it, chew on that one for a little bit. Okay. Now we're going to go through other questions. I have 12 more to go. Question number one is, is this person your best friend or at least becoming your best friend? So this is obviously a very different question than the bonus question. See, it's easy to find a lover. It's easy to get excited about a new person. But if you cannot say that the person you're considering marrying has become or is becoming your best friend, then you need to figure out why before you decide to marry. This is probably the single most overlooked question amongst couples, especially young ones. And for good reason, because many people can't answer this in the affirmative. That's that's the value of asking this question. But you have to answer it because over time, friendship is going to be the greatest bond between a couple. If the person you marry does not become your best friend, either you're going to seek someone who will become your best friend or you're going to simply drift apart. Yeah, you know, I remember, you know, so my wife and I, we have six kids and and when the eldest, you know, when the youngest kind of like went away to school, and you know, now it's, we're empty nesters, right? So my father says to me, he goes, he goes, okay, it's, here's the t- real test of your marriage. I said, what are you talking about, Dad? He goes, well, when the kids are out of the house, now you you wake up, you look at the person you're hanging around with, and you say, well, do I actually like this person? Now you haven't had time to focus on that because you've had kids in the house. So this, is, this goes, you know, and, and life is so busy. You know, you're building a career and you're building a home and you have the kids and the kids are all consuming. So you don't have a chance to stop and just say like, I'm hanging out. So that's why there are multitudes of empty nest divorces because they wake, people wake up and say, yeah, I have nothing in common with this person. I don't even like this person. I don't know this person. So that's why you if, to begin the relationship. You really want to say, is this person my best friend, are they, or are they becoming my best friend? So, so this will take us to to what does it mean to be a best friend? Which we've done, we've done uh, Life Is Great podcast on friendship, but we'll we'll do more of this. But just for now, for the context of this question, I would say that a best friend is someone you can and you do tell just about everything to you're comfortable. You walk with a sense of responsibility for your friends, but you don't walk with on eggshells. You're not afraid to discuss. You're not afraid to share with every relationship. As we've spoken about many times before, you're, you're, not, gonna, you're not going to share everything with your spouse, but, but you, you basically can reveal your innermost self to them. This is someone, your best friend in this context is someone who you want to be with as much as possible. You know, a friend should be someone who you trust, who with whom you can learn and grow with. This kind of friend should be, you should care more about you than the relationship. In other words, sometimes you have to be able to tell your best friend or your spouse, hey, listen, Ike, you know, no, this this is not working we've got to make some adjustments over here. What do you mean? No, sometimes you have to be able to say that. If you need rebuke or correction, the person should be able to give it to you in a way in a way that you're not going to be able you're not going to trash the relationship. But they have to be able to care so much about you that even if it meant getting in the way of the relationship, they would still give it to you. Hopefully you'll be able to accept their correction and move on together as friends. But they have to care more about you you as the person then the relationship it's also someone you need you know one of the most devastating ideas of the last generation was that needing or depending upon another person is a sign of weakness and the exact opposite is true the inability to need is truly a sign of weakness because it's not it's an incorrect uh, evaluation of what life is we are all created imperfect with many deficiencies the re- One of the primary reasons we get married is to meet someone who fills some of those deficiencies so that together we can accomplish wonderful things together. If you're afraid to relinquish power or afraid to be hurt, so then that is a sign of great weakness. So you need to be able to stop and turn to someone and say, listen, I, I, I need you and I'm okay needing you. I'm okay you know, being vulnerable to you. So, these are all elements of of being a best friend. So, okay, so I have with us our very favorite, our our, our best ever producer, Dana Rutherford. She always has some questions from you because uh, we receive questions from you all the time. People send in questions to me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com, which if you send them in, Dana will present them. So, Dana, please. Thank you, Rabbi Wine. Hi, everyone. so I, I, I have a question, an audience question, and they, what this particular question centers around friendship, um, and it has to do with the line between um, when you're best friends with somebody and there's an element of, um, I guess, trust. When that trust is building in a friendship, uh, is there any difference between the pace it should build in a friendship and the pace it should build in a relationship? Because sometimes friendships can take years and years and years, like seven years, sure. to build. And then relationships, most people don't date. Most people, you know, that long they date for one, two years, half a year, and then they, right. it moves faster. So how do you balance the uh, timeline for building trust in a relationship and a friendship? It's such an that's such an awesome question. See, it really depends on 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 the focus of the individual. And the relationship. So in the Jewish Orthodox world, uh, boys and girls don't date until they're ready to marry. So in other words, when they start dating, they're literally shopping for a spouse. And one of the reasons they don't do that is because they're not engaging in any physical activity, physical intimacy before they get married. And if you've ever hung around someone you're attracted to and you're not, you know, engaging in a physical relationship, it's frustrating And if you're not frustrated, then go see a doctor because you should be frustrated if you're around someone who's attractive, who is attractive to you and, you know, you're developing this connection. Um, So that's why it's, they start dating. And as long as the person's in the ballpark of perhaps I might marry them, then they continue dating and then they stop dating when they say, okay, you know what, I've learned Enough about that person to know that I don't want to grow old. I don't want to spend the rest of my life with that person. Um, so, when a person is dating in that that way, the trust is built very, very quickly because you're you're looking to build the trust. That's what you're you're it, it, you're actively seeking out. I want to know things about the person. I want to discover them. I want them to discover things about me. If a person is in on the opposite extreme, you know the Western Western society. Where, you know, people, they engage in the physical activity, you know, physical, you know, intimacy, uh, generally very quickly. Um, and sometimes they engage in in physical intimacy so they don't have to talk, right? Because talking might get in the way of the relationship. I might learn something about the person I don't like, you know, <laughs> but we can distract ourselves by, you know, you know rolling in the hay. Um, so if you're, you know, when that's happening, so trust can take a long time to develop. And it really, because because you don't really get you, you're not really getting to know the person on an active scale. So I certainly, you know, the the uh, the Jewish Orthodox way of dating is it's not perfect. There is no there is no perfect system. Um, but I do believe the system is much better. I think it's a better system um, than the Western society one, because you've seen so many people they get get engaged in. And the, the big thing is here is. Your physical intimacy—that's the thing that really it starts, you know, messing with people's uh, minds quickly, uh, because two people can be sexually very, very compatible, and that can override a lot of other things, and uh, and you you don't get a chance to 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 work those other things out until it's you know too late, and and then it's hurtful. And there's other reasons as well, which we'll we'll come to another time. So. Um, how quickly should, should trust develop? Um, if you're looking to develop a relationship quickly, you know, a significant relationship, it will develop pretty quickly. Okay. So we're going to do uh, we'll just do one more of these questions that you should ask before you, um, before you get engaged. And then we will come back to this on part two of questions you need to ask. So the uh, the next question is the uh, number two of the real questions, plus the bonus, and that is again this one. We're we're going to speak to a more of a Western society, more of a secular society uh, group of people, which is aside from sex, do you enjoy each other. <laughs> right? It's a, a good segue. Your the question from the, from the audience is a good segue into this one, which is uh, we have to understand as great as the sex may be, and and great sex is it certainly adds to a marriage, and it's. I would say it's it's super important. Um, even back in the day, Hugh Hefner, if you remember who he was, he spent the vast majority of his time doing other things than having sex. You must enjoy the person during those hours. Now, this sounds trite, but enjoying just being with each other may actually be the single most important characteristic of a happy marriage. It have, they have to be someone you just want to hang around with. If this is difficult to determine honestly, then what you might need to do is just take a month where, you know, you have no physical contact. See where it goes. See what happens. Try it. Try it. Say, listen, you know what? We're not going to hold hands. We're not going to hold hands. No hugging when we see each other. Try that. See what happens. See where it goes. And, and then you'll, it, it'll be very, very telling if you're, how things kind of like play out. And if it's the kind of thing where you're like making up things to do to get out of you know, <laughs> to get out of being with each other, then you might want to reconsider, is this someone I want to grow old with? You know, that's the whole thing. Now, again, there are two aspects to the physical touch. There's, there's the sexual aspect and there's the non-sexual aspect. And both are really important and both are really, really valuable. It, you know, not every touch is a sexual touch. And I, I, especially as people get older, by the way, because as people get older, the the non-sexual touch is becomes even more important, you know, the, than than anything, because it 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 can still it can still convey a, a sense of caring and feeling. Okay, so um so I'm uh, Rabbi Yitzwine with Dana Rutherford, and we are going through the questions that you need to ask yourself before you get. Engaged to somebody. And if you are married, you want to ask yourself these questions as well. And hang on to your horses because we're going to come back very soon with another episode of Life is Great. And we're going to go through the remaining nine questions. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends, and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.